No one likes to hear, I told you so. For one thing, when somebody says to us, I told you so, it usually means something went wrong, which you already knew that. You figured out that it didn't quite work out the way that you wanted it to. You really don't need somebody else telling you that something went wrong. And someone does not usually say, I told you so, unless they in fact told you so, And you know that they were right. You know that you were wrong. You really don't need them to remind you of that fact. And then they do. Nobody likes that. And yet, we all do it. It it just is too good to pass up. When when we're we're right, and and we said we were right, and, and now we've been proven to be right, it's just hard not to mention the fact that we were right. And by the way, they were wrong. Moses couldn't pass it up. He tells God, this is just the way I told you it was going to work out. Now, we'll go back to the story a little bit in just a moment, but you'll remember God's called Moses to go to Egypt, lead the people out of slavery, and Moses told them he was the wrong man for the job. But finally, God talks him into it. Moses goes and and goes to the Pharaoh and asks the Pharaoh to release the people. And and you know the story. Uh, Pharaoh just explodes. It doesn't work out at all and actually makes it worse for the nation of Israel. Things go completely south, just like Moses said that they would. So Moses goes back to God and in effect says, I told you so. (laughs) We pick up the story here in Exodus chapter 5. We're going to start with verse 22. Moses returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak your name, he has brought trouble upon this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. There is something in this passage that all of us need to understand. Just because things don't work out the way we planned does not mean that God is not at work. In fact, it usually means that He is at work. Sometimes things are not going to work out the way we planned. Moses has just come off a mountaintop experience, literally. He climbed up a mountain, saw a bush burning that was not consumed. There he met with God. He receives this promise that God was going to use him to set the people of Israel free from slavery in Egypt. Moses, as you'll recall, kind of balked at that calling. But but God reassures him and, and promises him that his brother Aaron will go with him. Now, I'm not sure if Moses looked like Charlton Heston after all of that happened, but, but I, I'm guessing that he'd walk a little taller as he was coming off the mountain, you know, had his shoulders a little broader, feeling pretty good. He's ready. God's talked him into it. So he gets his brother Aaron. They go before the Pharaoh. They ask the Pharaoh to let the people of Israel go. They even softened the request a little bit by saying, we're going to go out into the wilderness and worship for three days. How about it, Pharaoh? Did not go well. Exodus chapter 5 records Pharaoh's tirade. He complains that Moses was only trying to get the Israelites out of work. 
And who does Moses think that he is making such a request to the Pharaoh? To show him who was boss, the Pharaoh made the Israelites' job even harder. Not only would they have to continue to make the bricks they previously made, now they would have to use their own supplies for the bricks. They'd have to bring their own straw to make the bricks for the Egyptians. Now that went over about as well as you think it would with the rank and file of the Israelites. They show up for work the next morning and suddenly find their new work order has been increased and things fall apart. They didn't even come close to meeting their quota. Their slave masters didn't let up. They called them lazy. The Israelite foreman realized no good was going to come out of any of this. And they go back to Moses and Aaron with these encouraging words that are found in verse 21. And they said, may the Lord look upon you and judge you. You have made us a stench to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. This was a bad day that just keeps getting worse. Pharaoh refuses, issues this horrific order, and now Moses is facing the wrath of the entire nation of Israel. Not exactly what he was hoping would happen. Things don't always go as we plan. If you're like me, rarely do things go as you plan. I've learned to be astonished when things actually work out the way that I planned them. If I ever decide to build a house, I'm guessing that it would have to be redesigned so many times that it would end up looking like something that Pablo Picasso painted with all the different angles and things jutting out in the wrong places. I'm a little bit sure that that's why God called me into the ministry. You see, when I was in high school, I thought that I wanted to be an architect. And I think God was up in heaven going, no, no, that's not the right way. Don't let him do that. Find him something else. Oh, you can go be a pastor. That'll be good. Go let him do that. Moses thought it was a bad idea for him to go back and lead the nation of Israel out of slavery. And then he gets all fired up and he goes and he does what he understood God told him to do. And the floor drops out from under him. He must have been thinking, why didn't I just stay out in the wilderness herding sheep? I wouldn't have got hurt out there. And apparently that's all I'm good for. Well, we all know the rest of the story. But Moses didn't. As far as he could tell at this point, he was an abject failure at doing what God had called him to do. He was totally, as far as he could tell, useless in leading the people out of Egypt. Not only did he not succeed in that, he actually made things worse. Now, before we go any further, there's something we all need to understand. Life is not always going to go the way you planned it. Things are not always going to go your way. Life is not only going to throw you a curveball, it's going to be like everybody picked up the bats, balls, and bases and went home. So what do we do when life doesn't turn out the way we thought, when things don't happen according to our plan, when things don't go our way? Is it time to give up? Well, not so fast. Moses doesn't give up exactly. 
He does do what we should do in those circumstances in life when things don't go the way that we planned, when things don't seem to be happening like we thought they would. Moses goes to God. And God answers him with the very same answer that he gave him before. In life, we need to learn to take our failures to God. Moses had struck out completely with the Pharaoh, and now he had lost the confidence of the leaders of the nation of Israel. He was hated by the people of Israel as they struggled to make these bricks using their own supplies. No one could blame Moses for what he tells God. We read it a moment ago in verse 22. Moses returns to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me ever since I went to the Pharaoh to speak in your name? He has brought trouble upon this people, and you've not rescued your people at all. Moses goes back to God and says, Lord, Why did you get me into this mess? I told you this wasn't going to work. I told you I was the wrong man for this job. I told you I couldn't do this. Now I've just made things worse than they already were. And, And Moses was right, at least from his perspective. Things were worse. And so Moses goes to God, and I realize the words may not sound like it, but he actually goes to God reverently, but bluntly honest. He tells God what God already knew, that that Pharaoh said no. And then God gives his answer in Exodus chapter 6. Verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God reassures Moses that he's going to do exactly what he told Moses he was going to do. He's going to deliver the nation of Israel out of slavery, just as he had said. And then God spends the next several verses of Exodus chapter 6 repeating Moses' call. The words are so similar to what God said at the burning bush that some scholars have argued this is just a copy of the original. They're half right. It is exactly the same call, but for a very simple reason. Moses didn't get it the first time. The message was really simple. Moses was not the one who was going to deliver his people. God was going to do that. What Moses needed to do was to be obedient to God's call. Period. Just do what God had called him to do. What Moses in his humanness perceived as failure God was going to use for his glory. Now here's the short version. If when Moses and Aaron had gone before the Pharaoh and and said, Pharaoh, please let our people go. If Pharaoh had said, sure, guys, just take a vacation. Just have everybody load up and head out into the wilderness. The pyramids can wait. It'll be fine. Have a great time. If that's what had happened, then as Moses came back and told the people, hey, we get to go. 
the native all just raised him and Aaron up on their shoulders. They paraded around town saying, Moses is our hero. He got us out of here. And then Moses would have gone on a corporate speaking tour, giving a, uh, versions of how to speak for success. And he just would have been this. He'd been on the Today Show. He'd have been on everything. But when God did it his way, Ten plagues later, the people would not be saying, Moses has delivered us. They would be saying, God has delivered his people. You see, God's in the business of transforming our failures into his victories. In David, he took an adulterer and a murderer and made him into a man after God's own heart. In Rahab, he took a prostitute and made a woman of faith who would be in the lineage of Jesus. In Noah, he took a drunk and made him in a man who would preserve all of the beings of the world. In Peter, he took a bully and made him into the leader of the early church. In Paul, he took a religious hypocrite and made him into the greatest missionary the world has ever seen. What are the failures in your life? What are the things that haven't quite worked out the way you planned? What are the things that you tried and they seemingly failed miserably? Do what Moses did. Take it to God and be reverent, but be honest. Say, Lord, I don't understand this. Lord, it's a mess. What am I going to do? Let God take your failure and turn it into his victory. Heavenly Father, we all face failure in life. It's part of our humanness, part of our sinful mortality. That we always come up short. (laughs) And God, that can be very discouraging. It certainly was discouraging for Moses. It's discouraging for us too. But God, help us to realize something. Just because things don't work out our way doesn't mean it's not working your way. Help us to see that you are at work and that we are simply to be obedient. Help us, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation, an opportunity for you to respond to what God's doing in your life this morning. Maybe you came here today and your failure was a big one. You came here this morning recognizing that so many things that you have tried in your life have come up woefully short for what you were hoping. You were trying to find peace. You were trying to find some contentment. And everything you have tried has failed, perhaps miserably. And so this morning you said, well, I think I'll just try that church thing. Maybe there's something there that will work. Well, I hate to let you in on a secret, but the church thing won't do it for you either. Because all around you, 
are failures. We've all tried it our own way. We've all thought we had all the answers and we've all failed. The church hasn't changed that. It's what we proclaim that has. Because church didn't change our failures. Church didn't make us victorious. Jesus did. And we want to share with you this morning what I know sounds impossible. That Jesus could take your failures and turn them into a victory. I know you're sitting there saying, I've got to know what he's talking about. Let me tell you something. If we had time this morning for you just to ask the person next to you or a person seated behind you and just say, can God really do that? You would hear over and over and over and over and over again how God not only can do that, but how he did it in the lives of people all around this room. And he can do it in your life too. Because here's the thing. The Bible says we've all failed. Here's the way the Bible puts it. It says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. And it goes further than that. It says, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what the Bible says. Did you hear that? (laughs) We all fall short. We all fail. And we all deserve the punishment that that brings upon us. But Jesus changes everything. And what I know sounds impossible to you today, we want to share with you this morning. In just a moment, when we start singing, if that's where you are, if you came here this morning wondering, can God really make something out of the mess of my life? Is it possible? Is it possible He could change my failures? into victories, I invite you to just come and meet me here. I'll introduce you to some wonderful people here in our church. They'll they'll sit down with you and they will show you that exact promise in His Word. How God forgives your sin. How He cleanses you completely. How He takes you from death into life. It's an extraordinary miracle that God wants to do in your life this morning. If only by faith you'll receive the gift that he has given. Now that's a lot to take in. And we want to give you time to do that. So you come in just a moment. Some folks will sit down with you and they'll share with you how that reality can be true in your life today by trusting your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Maybe there's another way that God's speaking to you this morning. Perhaps you're looking for a church home and we'd be glad to share with you how you can be a part of what God's doing here at National Heights. You come this morning. Maybe there's some other way that God's speaking to you today. Maybe you're a a believer, and yet things just haven't quite been working out the way that they were supposed to. And I invite you to use these moments of invitation time just just between you and God to say, okay, God, here's the thing. It's not working. It's not going according to plan. And I'm telling you, God will say to you the same thing He said to Moses. He'll say, it's not your plan. And I'm at work. You just keep being obedient. You just keep following my word. You just keep sharing with people about Jesus. You just keep living a life for the Lord. And you'll see me work. I hope today your prayer will be, God, just help me keep 
on doing your will. And we'll see God change our failures into victories. In whatever way it might be, in whatever way God is working in your life this morning, you listen, responding to His call as we stand together and as we sing.